morning, K-First. Pastor Matt here. Happy Sunday. So glad that you're joining us for worship this morning. And uh, now as we're transitioning into the teaching portion of our online service, uh, just want to say welcome. I want to encourage you to grab your Bible, grab your journal, um, take notes. We're going to have maybe some journal prompts for you or some questions that you can write down. But again, we're really glad you're here and I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you um, this morning. Uh, me and the KFIRST staff, we miss you guys so much. We are thinking about you. We're praying for you. We miss being together on Sundays. And uh, we're looking forward to a time where we can be back together in person. Um, lots of uncertainty in our world, but just want to encourage you today. want to give you some simple practices that are going to help us. I believe are going to help us during this time. And um, I believe will just be really meaningful and helpful to you and your families and your lives. And so... Uh, speaking of missing you guys, uh, there's a lot of things that I miss. I'm sure like uh, many of you, we are dealing with some loss and uh, missing things. I'm missing people. I'm missing being outside. Uh, I'm missing movies, most of all. Um, going to the movie theater was one of my things to kind of de-stress and enjoy life. I'm missing coffee shops and meeting with people there. Uh, missing a lot of my kids' activities and uh, the YMCA is a place that I miss. I definitely miss uh, childcare. Uh, as you know, I have four young children, and so I'm, I'm missing childcare and school, uh, but enjoying family time. Missing going out to eat, too. That's a big one. Um, uh, a lot of restaurants in Kalamazoo that I loved going to or getting takeout from, and uh, a lot of them are, are unable to be open now. Uh, I miss Nanla Burger, big time. Shout out to Nanla Burger, Ariel for always taking care of me there. Um, go ahead, do me a favor, comment. If you're watching on Facebook in the comments, if you're watching at kfirst.org, just comment. Uh, what's, what's the restaurant that you most miss uh, during this time of kind of lockdown and being uh, having the stay-at-home order? Um, uh, now, now, there are a lot of things I miss, of course, but there are some things I actually don't miss. Um, I, I definitely do not miss Meyer. Have any of you guys been to Meyer recently? Um, not, not a good place. <laughs> if you work at Meyer, or if you, I, I, I shouldn't say that. But anyways, I, I don't miss going to Meyer. Um, it's just wild there. And uh, I definitely um, don't miss uh, all the experts that we've been seeing uh, rise up to the occasion on social media. A lot of experts now who know a lot about infectious diseases coming, coming out of the woodworks on, on Facebook, Twitter. Definitely don't miss that. Uh, I don't miss the Secretary of State. Again, I don't mean to offend, but I did have a birthday uh, a while ago. I, it was my year to renew my license. And uh, uh, I, I didn't even, I couldn't go. They weren't open. And so uh, I don't miss that at all. So thankful that I didn't have to go. I didn't even have to go and, and take care of it this year. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're missing some things in life. And um some things were not, but uh, my kids have been going through um, some some changes and, and as they're home more and having time to think about things. Um, each of my kids has been, you know, saying little phrases or hinting at, you know, how they're how they're dealing with their emotions or sometimes not hinting at it, just having a full blown meltdown. We're like, OK, things are not going good. Um, but yeah, each of my kids has been dropping us hints and telling Kelly and I how they're feeling about the whole scenario. And they're asking a lot of questions. And um, they're missing a lot of their friends in school, as I'm sure many of your families are, are dealing with some of the same struggles. So um, my oldest daughter, Vienne, at the kitchen table uh, during a meal, uh, just, you know, if you guys know Vienne, she's a little random. She'll just like, come out with some random phrase. So she says, hey, Dad, we, we talk to God a lot, um, but he doesn't really ever talk back. Actually, he never talks back. That's quite rude of him. 
and I was like, oh, very, very good, honey. Yeah, okay. Um, interesting, interesting thought there. Um, Rocco, uh, my oldest son, he hasn't been sleeping very well. He's been um, getting up in the middle of the night uh, and coming to mom and dad's bed almost every night. And so he, in the one, middle of the night one time, he didn't want to tell me what was going on. I said, you want to, like, why are you upset? He said, I don't want to tell you. So I said, okay, so I'll ask him in the morning. And uh, so I asked him the next day and he said, I just, I just really miss my class. Poor guy. Um, just thinking about his friends and having a hard time sleeping. Um, Elle, our lovely uh, second daughter, uh, lots of eye rolling from her during this time at home. Lots of uh, her way or, or the highway kind of attitude. And then my sweetest little guy, Fox, our youngest, our other son, um, he the other day uh, talked to our Alexa and said, Alexa, when is Corona going to be over? If you can believe that. And uh, I, I don't think she had any idea. Of course, she gave just some terrible response. Um, but yeah, it, we're in times of uncertainty and our, our, our kids are showing it. I'm sure your kids uh, have a lot of questions. Aren't, you know, for all of you families and um, people with kids and grandkids, I mean, the staff is praying for you because we have kids ourselves and we know what it's like to be stuck at home and dealing with a lot of this uncertainty, these questions and, and emotions. Um, we're dealing with a lot of things. We're facing a lot of things within our community at K-First. Um, there's a, quite a few of us that are struggling with job loss and filing for unemployment. Um, uh, my mom lost uh, her job and, uh, or got laid off, I suppose, but uh, a 10 month layoff said, hey, you can come back to work in February of 2021. So uh, filing for unemployment, um, dealing with um, just the loss of work and maybe some purpose there within work, feeling less than, having to file for unemployment, not realizing that like we'd ever be in this situation. Lots of us dealing with sadness, isolation, loneliness, um, asking questions like, are we gonna have enough money? Uh, are we gonna be able to provide and, and make it through this time? Um, of course, lots of, lots of stress and worry. Um, our children, of course, are at home, not missing their friends, missing, missing school. A lot of us switching to, to homeschooling and trying to work that out. We have a lot of pent up energy, um, some boredom within our kids. Um, some of us are dealing with strained relationships um, and, or just distant relationships in general uh, because we can't see one another in person. We're missing people. And um, one thing I've noticed too is that a lot of us uh, are wanting to serve in some way, we're wanting to help. Uh, and then we find out that really the best way that we can help is just to stay home. The best way to serve is staying home. And so uh, we're dealing with a grief. We're dealing with a lot of grief within our community and within our families and our, our own lives. And so um, I, wanna, I want us to look to some scripture. We're going to look at um, uh, the book of Psalms. Um, we're going to talk about one psalm in particular, Psalm 22. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 22. But I love the Psalms, uh, this collection of spiritual songs and hymns and prayers um, the Psalms is what has helped me learn to pray. Um, and the Psalms is uh, what's given me permission to be honest with God, to be raw and real with God, to, um, to realize that I can express myself openly, uh, express my anger or frustration or sadness, my joy um, to, to God. Um, it, it, it's allowed me to be in tune with my emotions. Um, and plus, um, the, the Psalms give us a lot of language. Um, it helps us to be creative in our prayers. And a lot of times, sometimes when I'm, uh, I don't know what to pray, I turn to the Psalms. I've heard Pastor Dave say this before. If you, uh, you know, don't pray often or you want to learn how to pray, you want to try to pray more, be more intentional about that, use the Psalms. 
I definitely don't um, recommend this, like that you just flip the Bible open and pick a place to read. But if you're in the book of Psalms already, like one thing I've done is I've just, I've just flipped, you know, between Psalm 1 and Psalm uh, 150. You can just flip and pick one. That, that'd be, that would be okay. Um, because, uh, you know, within a couple of Psalms, you're going to find one that is beautiful, meaningful, and probably connects with you and can help you pray. Um, but it's helped me to uh, engage with God in prayer. Um, it's helped me to be honest. Um, it's helped me and challenged me to be thankful and to have an attitude um, of thankfulness and gratitude for what I do have. And so let's look at um, some scripture, Psalm 22. Uh, we don't have time to read the whole thing together, but I encourage you to read the whole thing. I want to look at a couple verses and how um, uh, the, the writer of this Psalm, David, um, kind of changes uh, uh, some of his perspective over the course of, of, the, of the prayer or this song. Uh, so verse one, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice and I find no relief. Verse three, yet you are holy. Verse 19, you are my strength. Verse 22, I will proclaim your name. I will praise you. Later in verse 24, for he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them. He has listened to their cries for help. And then finally, verse 31, future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. They will hear about everything that he has done. Uh, this psalm starts with abandonment and a, and a place of despair, and it ends in thankfulness and hope. And uh, a lot of the psalms do that. You know, they have this turn, this but or this yet. And there are some psalms that, that don't. They just end still in despair. And it, again, that's why it uh, has helped me to learn to pray and express myself and my emotions to God. Um, we're going to come back to that psalm. A, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Ge uh, Kevin had the chance to speak, and um, he talked about practicing the presence of God. And he shared two ways to practice the presence of God. He talked about being aware that God's presence is always with you. And he talked about practicing his presence through spiritual disciplines. Um, and Pastor Dave is going to be actually starting a new series next week um, called Soul Therapy, which is going to be uh, dealing with emotions. I'm looking forward to that. So we're going to talk today a little bit about emotions and um, spiritual disciplines. Um, uh, spiritual practices. See, a, a practice that we do in the Ray household, in the Ray family, something that we try to do uh, every day if we can, um, that has been really helpful for us, and I hope will be helpful for you, and I'm sure some of you have heard of it before. Um, well, first of all, we, we try to have meals together at the table. That's a practice in of itself, right? To sit around the table. We don't always do that. Uh, there's definitely nights where we just uh, have chicken nuggets and tater tots or pizza and we eat on the floor or watch TV or something. But we try to have family meals uh, around the table and um, that, that's really helpful. But there's this other thing called highs and lows. And I'm sure a lot of you have done this um, with your kids. You know, highs, just, hey, what's the, uh, in simple terms, what's the best part of your day? And lows, what's the, what was the lowest or the sad or the worst um, part of your day? But there's something really um, amazing in there and something really beneficial and deep that we could talk about. I mean, learning to celebrate the positive, to recognize the things that we're thankful for, and then also learning to voice um, the negative, to not just bottle those things up inside, has been really helpful for me and Kelly, uh, for our children, and to share those things together as a family. Uh, now, uh, of course, we've had to make some rules as a family. 
uh, when we're sharing uh, our highs and lows around the dinner table, we've had to tell our kids, okay, you can't have any lows about this very current dinner that we're having right now. Uh, you can't say that your low is the food that you're eating right now that mom or dad made for you, uh, or that, that person's face across from you is your low. We've had a little bit of that. And so uh, that's been a helpful rule for our family to say no lows about right now, but just before this dinner, this day, what were your highs and lows? Um, so let's talk about both highs and lows. Lows, um, you know, we use highs and lows for our children, but another way to say it that we probably wouldn't use with our kids, but we'd say, okay, like name some of the loss that that you've struggled with. Name some of the grief that you've dealt with today. Voice some of the negative emotions that you're dealing with. Um, th there's something important about getting it out and verbalizing it to somebody who is compassionate and has empathy and that cares for you. Um, it's important for me and Kelly with our children to, you know, to, to not have to pretend that everything is perfect in the world, especially during these times. Um, we don't have to over-spiritualize. We don't have to minimize our emotions. We can be honest with our family about the grief and the struggles that we're dealing with. Another thing that we try to practice with our lows and try to teach our kids is that we shouldn't compare. Um, we don't have to compare our loss or compare our hurts or our negative emotions. Comparing hurts, um, I found, is, is very unhelpful. Um, because it's still, it, it's hurt for all of us. And everyone's at a different place in life. Everyone has a different perspective, a different experience. And to compare our hurts and even to compare our wins, I, I find very unhelpful. Um, and so one thing that I wanna encourage you with, one thing that's been, been good for me personally and for our family again, is um, to not use this phrase, um, at least. I've been tempted to use that with my kids sometimes to say, you know, when they express something or they're sad, or just when you go, know, hey, well, at least you're not, so-and-so, or at least you're not dealing with this. Um, I found that's, that's very unhelpful and negative. Um, now the phrase that, that I don't always say out loud, but I try to remind myself personally, is I'll say, of course, of course I'm sad right now. Of course I'm dealing with some loneliness. Um, of course I'm feeling alone or isolated. Um, of course I'm missing these important parts of my life. Of course I'm worried and fearful of the future. Um, and I just remind myself, I don't have to compare. I don't have to say at least. I can just say, of course, and admit that my emotions, um, they are what they are. Um, and um, it's been helpful for me sometimes to just say, I'm sad. You know, I haven't, uh, sometimes it's easier for people to say, oh, I'm dealing with some depression, you know, but that, that might not be true if you have not been diagnosed, you know, if that, that's a real psychological disorder. And so, you know, it's for me, it's been a challenge to say, um, I, I'm feeling sad today. It's something I, I practice with one of my friends. I'll, uh, you know, we'll text back and forth. We'll just say, hey, I'm, I'm having a hard day. I'm feeling sad today. Um, Brene Brown, I'm sure many of you have heard of her, her TED Talks and her books, author and speaker. She has a great quote, and it's this. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let go uh, to let our true selves be seen. This is something that we're trying to practice um, as a family. I want to encourage you to practice, to voice um, the, the negative emotions, you know, the so-called negative emotions that you are feeling. Um, you know, some streams of Christianity um, have pushed us too far to thinking that, to having to deny our emotions, you know, to not trust our emotions or see them as um, the enemy. 
but I have found it helpful to to voice them honestly uh, to friends and family, to, to God in prayer. Um, so I want us to just take a moment. I know uh, maybe some of you already practiced this, but um, through this season, through this time in our lives of quarantine or lockdown, social distancing, um, what are some losses in your life? What are some negative consequences that we're struggling with? What is some grief that, uh, that we're dealing with? And I would like you just to, um, you know, do, do one of two things, either get your journal and just write that down or share briefly with a family member uh, or grab your phone and call or text someone and just, you know, or you can do it afterwards, of course. But I think it'd be important for us to take a moment and just think through those things. And if we are able to express it to someone else who is compassionate, has empathy and understands us. So take a couple minutes and uh, share that with uh, someone that cares about you now. everybody. Welcome back. Um, next, I just want to talk about uh, the highs. That's the word we use with our kids, but uh, another word that, that I use for this spiritual practice of thankfulness is practicing gratitude or celebrations, or just simply celebrating the wins in your life. Um, something that Pastor Dave has taught me, I'm sure has taught many of you, is that we always start with celebration. Whenever we have a staff meeting, uh, a board meeting, a partnership summit, um, when he does counseling, I know that we always start with celebration. We take a moment to recognize um, the things that are going well in our lives and the things that we can be thankful for. And, um, you know, this is research-based. This is proven that thankfulness, that gratitude um, can lift our spirits, can, can put us in a healthy mindset um, to know that we have a lot to be thankful for, to know that, that not everything is, is doom and gloom and that, 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 that uh, life goes on and that we, have, we still have things to look forward to. There is hope. And um, what I want to encourage you, this helps us to not just drown in sorrow. I know that if I don't take time to really be intentional about being thankful, you know, using my journal, talking to Kelly, practicing highs and lows around the table with my family, if I don't take time to really practice this with intentionality, and sometimes even, I don't know if I want to use say the word force, that might be a little too strong of a word, but um, if I don't choose to do it, um, 
I have to I have to force myself sometimes. That's just the word I'm going to use to be thankful, to to practice intentional gratitude. Because if I don't, I will just stay in a place of being cynical, of being disappointed, uh, being sad, and honestly, sometimes being angry. Um, and so, with my journal, with Kelly, and my family, I, I I push myself to have a new perspective, to practice thankfulness and gratitude to appreciate the things in life that I do have. Um, There are so many scriptures. I mean, think about all the scriptures that encourage us to be thankful to the Lord, to be thankful for what we have, to to practice gratitude. Um, One of my favorites that I think of is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I like it because it's so simple and so short. You know, verse 16, always be joyful, joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying. And then verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Um, what, what do we have to be thankful for? Okay, first, what do we have to be thankful for today? Uh, I'd like you to take a moment and share that with the people around you. Again, it could be your journal, it could be your family, it could be a text to someone or a text later after the service. But why don't you just take some inventory and think about what do we have in our lives to be thankful for? closing, there are three simple ways that I want you to practice gratitude this week. Three simple ways that I want you to practice highs and lows. Um, Three ways that you can practice celebration, but also naming and verbalizing some of the negative things that we're dealing with during this time. Um, The first that I want to encourage you with is journaling. Um, I know it's not for everybody. Some people, it's really quite unhelpful. Um, For me and for a lot of people, it, it is really helpful. It's a, it's a way to have a, a private conversation, either with ourselves or with God in prayer, about how, how we're actually feeling about life, what we're really thinking and dealing with. And so I want to encourage you to, to grab a journal. Uh, it could be, my first journal was just a simple notebook. You know, now I buy, I buy like a nice moleskin or something, but um, journaling can be a really effective way to get your emotions out, not bottle it up, and to be intentional about celebrating something every day and be intentional about expressing your real emotions and the things uh, that we're dealing with, naming loss and naming grief. Uh, another thing would be just be have a conversation. Um, this is specifically for those of you who are at home alone during this time. Uh, if you've been at home alone for you know weeks on end, um, we're thinking of you and praying for you, but we want to encourage you to, to have a conversation with somebody. And if it can be uh, over FaceTime or Zoom, where it's, it's face-to-face the best it can be, we really encourage that. And so um, another way you can do this is if, if you know that someone in your life is home alone, 
um, reach out to them and have a conversation with them and ask them, how are you doing? What's something you're thankful for? Name some of the loss and the grief that you're dealing with. And then uh, for those of you that are with your families or your spouse, whether you have kids or grandkids, I want to encourage you to do what my, my family and I do. Again, not every day, but when you can, sit around the table, have a meal together, um, practice communion together in a real way with a real dinner, and uh, practice highs and lows. Share, um, hey, what's actually going on in your brain today? What loss and grief are you thinking about? Verbalize that as a family. Uh, and don't feel like you have to minimize it or over-spiritualize it. Um, you can share it with us and we're going to care about you. And then let's be intentional and have an attitude of thankfulness. Let's practice gratitude with each other. Sometimes when my kids um, are having a bad day or honestly a bad attitude, I'll say, hey, what are three things that you're thankful for? And doing that just once a day, you know, throughout throughout the week or something can, can make a real difference in a, in a child's perspective. And so I encourage you, journal, have a conversation, share a meal at the table and practice highs and lows. Um, I know that this uh, could come across simple, you know? Okay, we're just talking about simply saying what you're thankful for and saying what's bothering you. Um, but there's some real, uh, that, that's, that's meaningful, that's serious when you take it uh, to its logical end. And like, this is what I believe Jesus wants for us, to be honest and raw and open and have real connection, real community with one another, be able to express what we're really dealing with. It makes a big difference uh, in our lives and our perspective of the world. I want to end um, with uh, another verse from Thessalonians. Soon after that verse about being joyful, never stop praying and being thankful in all circumstances, Paul writes this beautiful prayer. It says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. We love you, Kate First. Thanks for being with us today.